what's good listeners welcome to the chris college show millennial talk show good morning marissa how's it going fam oh my gosh it's good i'm kind of excited so tomorrow i find out if i won the coaches challenge uh, uh-huh. and if i win i get 500 dollars uh, oh, nice. So I want the $500. So hopefully you can't my, go wrong uh, with that. Why? Because you're uh, lean, mean, and physique. Is that what's I going am. on? I actually got down to 15% body mass as of today. Damn. So, hey, shit. Uh, I, I think I'm coming from a 30 rack to an 18 rack. Yeah. yeah <laughs> well, you know. Marissa, I also got to go ahead and show you this clip because it is so freaking hilarious. So, so for anybody who missed uh, the interview with 21 Savage and Drake on the Howard Stern show this week, you guys are in for a treat. Uh, check out this micro clip. The two of you seem like a good match because, like, you're into like all that, that nerdy book shit. Didn't you guys start a nerdy book club or something? Yeah, I love books. Savage loves to read. Really? He's an avid reader. He's just like, we'll be like in the strip club. Oh. Backstage at the show. Right. Like in his hood, like on his block and shit. He'll just pull a book out. Like, yeah. Charlotte's Web. He loves Charlotte's <laughs> Web. Really? Harry Potter, too. I love him. Shh. <laughs> okay that's the big okay again these guys are uh hooting and raving about this versus saying that they go to the strip club they started their own book club 21 savage says yeah i'm a big fan of charlotte's web i'm also a fan of charlotte's web i read that in elementary school i read that in elementary school so i guess you try to get all sappy and shit while you're in the strip club like if anything you know you ain't gonna be throwing paper bills out you're gonna be making it hail regardless of his reading (laughs) choices uh, i'm gonna give him props for actually being able to love reading i'm a huge avid reader also um so i can totally i i I have an appreciation for someone who's like look i find more of an enjoyment in reading a book (laughs) than sitting here and i guess looking at strippers asses i love how you 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 out of all people (laughs) would find the positive in this i was really trying to make this into a joking matter and you're like you know what um now that i think about it it's kind of like what we're going to be talking about later like no wonder millennials get their news on TikTok because there's so many fat asses and big titty women on there yeah i would love to get my news on that platform just like how i'd love to start a book club in a strip club with drake and 21 savage that sounds amazing brilliant actually i think that would actually have legs (laughs) a book club and a strip club marissa i think think that actually has legs i actually like that one (laughs) let's uh let's bring on george rr martin we can uh we can set it up wait he's almost done with the final book that's what i'm saying 15 years later i've been waiting for so long how long is it going to take to read the book i mean it's just more more time where we could sit in the strip club and read this uh this jammer i like i like them thick and big so that book better be thick and big that's right marissa we like them thick and big baby oh that is so good but guys i just want to let you guys know we're we're beyond stoked that you're joining us here on youtube live we got a great show for everyone uh joining us on strike accord our variety magazines top 10 Brits to watch from Scotland is dancing on tables. What's good, listeners? Our guest on Strike Accord, our Variety Magazine's top 10 Brits to watch from Scotland, is dancing on tables live on the Chris College show, Millennial Talk Show. So how's it going, Robbie? 
It's going well. It's going well. How are you guys? Hey, we're doing Hello. so great, my man. You know, we always love having these across the pond conversations. And uh, let's get right on into it, man, because congrats on the release of Dancing on Tables debut LP, Color in the Gray. And it's my understanding that this new body of work has been a long time coming from working with the producer in Nashville uh, to signing with Green Day's longtime manager, Pat Magnarella. So how did this go down? So we basically like two years ago, we were ready to release our own like EP, just self-release it. We'd been working with the producer out in Nashville for maybe about a year at this point. Um, and we, we were about to put out one of the tracks called Letters. We're literally about to announce it the next week. And we just got an email from Pat Magnarella. And, you know, you get random emails all the time. So just, you know, search. Did you know who Pat Magnarella was when you first got the email? I didn't, but I quickly did when I Googled his name and I was like, damn, <laughs> right. <laughs> so what was your first reaction when you see something like that? Because I know if I was, uh, you know, a musician today and then I out of the blue was like, holy shit, like this was the, the former longtime partner, you know, manager for Green Day. How the hell did he uh, find my demo and my EP? Was that something that was uh, crossing your mind? I, at first, I thought it was like, oh, right, this is a scam, you know? <laughs> yeah. This don't happen out of the blue, but. No, it, it was a uh, yeah, it, it was quite good because we basically he had spoken with our producer already, so she kind of got on the phone with us. It was like, look, I've spoken with him; he's a really cool guy. And then the next day, we got chatting with him, and he basically just said how you know he'd been in music all this time, and now he wanted to find new music, and this was his passion, and you know he'd been at the top level and done all this stuff, but now he actually wanted to, yeah. Basically yeah, I mean, Robbie, that's bad. so freaking badass, that's dude, awesome. because, you know, when I think about that, I mean, it might have been a like, kind of a deja vu moment, because is it true that Pat Magnarella uh, contacted the band on the same day you got engaged to your fiance? <laughs> it, it was, it was. So that, that was quite the memorable day. Um, yeah, congratulations. yeah, that's got to be kind of crazy. That's You're probably awesome. slapping yourself in the face going, what's real, my wife or this record deal? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, you, they don't make days like that very often. I can tell that's you that. Awesome. that <laughs> yeah, no, awesome. that, that is so freaking insane. And I know, you know, as a what kid did you growing post up, first? What did you post first, that you were engaged or that you got a good record deal? I, I, I did, did, did the engage. And then I was like, ah, we'll smart man. You days. live with yeah, the wife. Yeah. Smart yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> Happy wife. Good life, baby. <laughs> We, we right. learn from the best, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> but as kids growing up, attending Queen Anne High School, you know, selling out shows in Scotland, uh, touring with the Catfish and the Bottleman on their UK arena tour. Did you ever expect to be in the position that you are in today? No, to be honest, like we, I think because we have known each other, like since school, so we've known each other for years. And when we started the band, you know, the band's probably actually been going in some form of like, maybe eight years because when we started it was literally just like oh we'll just play covers at school gigs and at friends parties and then it just slowly like there was no actual moment when we were like right let's make this a proper band it just suddenly just yeah one day it wasn't a band and then the next day we're playing the biggest arenas in scotland but how did we actually get to this like well we yeah because i was reading i was seeing online robbie that you know dancing on tables got started when you guys were 17 years old you guys were actually uh you know forced at your school to actually form a band together so you kind of put it together and then one of your guitarists uh 
were like friends with Calvin and you guys were about to go play your second gig ever in London. And I think he was at what Harry Potter world. So it kind of like <laughs> yeah. linked up perfectly. So then you uh, ended up deciding to bring him into band practice and it just clicked right away because Calvin introduced a lick to you guys. And you're like, man, this kid's pretty badass. I might have to actually go through with this. Yeah. He, he originally just came in um, as just, as you say, as a guitar player, um, Hamish was at Harry Potter World, which isn't the most rock and roll thing, but it's a thing. <laughs> I um, don't know. I think Harry yeah. Potter's pretty rock and roll. I think you're kind of doubting yourself. <laughs> I think there's a lot of us that would really, really love to uh, show up into the mix. But, you know, when I was reading about you guys and reading about the success of the band, uh, is it true that you guys wrote over 100 songs via Zoom, uh, you know, to you know during the pandemic or was it something else? Yeah, so basically um, when we got the call about the album deal, and we're like, right, we need to write an album. And we, we had a bunch of stuff written already, a bunch of stuff released already. But we're like, right, we need it to be, or we wanted it to be all new songs, something brand new for somebody to come in, listen well, to. Well, let me, uh, Robbie, let me stop you there for a second, because, you know, I got to be real honest with you, Robbie. This is not the first time that I've heard bands on Strike Accord keep telling Marissa and I that, you know, we are, you know, writing over 100 songs during the pandemic. Is that the honest to God truth? Just like, just be real. Did you guys really write 100 songs or were they like half written songs or like, hey, this is a cool riff. Maybe I'll revisit later. Or did you literally come up with 100 songs? They literally did. I promise you. Wow. So that's lyrics and music from start to finish. Yes, yeah, so some That's of them would just remarkable. be voice notes. Some would be like full band demos. You know, some of them just took half an hour. Some of them we worked on for weeks. But yeah, over a hundred in total, which was a that... nightmare to to filter down. <laughs> yeah, and you, had, just... and you had time to like <laughs> cultivate a romance, let alone a fiance. <laughs> I know, and then you have you have all the time and energy to write a hundred songs. Awesome. I mean, <laughs> yeah, she, I she, love she it. She knew what she was getting herself into already. So <laughs> cool. I love it, Robbie. And I know your brand new LP, Color in the Gray, has caught the attention of Variety Magazine, naming the band the top 10 Brits to watch in your music video, So What, leans on the heavy side of the band. And it's my understanding that the song almost didn't make the cut for the record, even when it was everyone's favorite, you know, it was on everybody's favorite list. So, like, how does that even happen? If it's everybody's yeah, so favorite jam, how do you guys just forget about it when you guys are in the recording process? <laughs> it, it's literally because there's like over a hundred tracks. We 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 did it. And we <laughs> oh, that's where it. the hundred songs come into apply. Yeah, I got yeah. you now. <laughs> so so we, we had it down to like 15, 16, and we're going through, and it was like a friend of ours was like, well, What happened to that song? So what? We're like, Oh, yeah. So, like, started playing it. We're like, Right. Let's start again. This is in. This is number one. That's cool. Well, I'm loving your friend, Paul, because uh, it is one of my favorite tracks, my man. I love it. And Robbie, the music video that will be playing on Strike Accord is literally So What. And in the chorus, you sing, So What, I Miss You Just a Little. You got me stuck right in the middle of wanting you back and never again. What are we now and what could have been? See how I kind of sing like you right there? I'm going to have to save it for you. <laughs> You're a lot better than me. But uh, it's kind of fascinating that you you sing this in the chorus because, you know, you recently got married, but you're also singing about a song about, you know, the realization that you would do anything to get back in an old relationship. So explain yourself, young man. Uh, where are you going with this? <laughs> so I, I think like when we write, we kind of, you know, there's only so you, you put a bit of yourself in every track, but there's only so much that you can sing about yourself. Unless you're Taylor Swift. Becomes, 
Ah. Yeah. So Robbie, you know, if you want to get all 10 tracks saying, on the top just 10, uh, just start like writing about your exes. Your, your, your wife might not necessarily approve, but the billboard charts will approve. Damn, Marissa, yeah. I think you're on to something. Well, my, my, my wife does actually make the music video as well. So. Ah! Yeah. Oh, so that is your wife in the music video. It is, yeah. Oh, we well, that's a that's actress. a beautiful thing. We're gonna get an actress. I was like, why get somebody else when I've got all these videos Aww. already? So we used it. Um, so yeah, I like that. I had to explain the story and just say it wasn't about her. It's fine. We were happy. It's just the song sad. Ah, well, hey, I, I think you, you know. I think that's what makes it that much more memorable. And I I love this music video. I love the song as well. Robbie, you guys got an amazing debut LP, Color in the Gray. And let's go ahead and show the CCS family what's good. This is Dancing on Tables music video. So what? Live on the Chris Collins Show, Millennial Talk Show. I tried it all, but nothing keeps my mind away from you. I laugh it all. Meanwhile, I'm stuck in a constant days of All the time we wasted fighting If I could take it back then I would For another moment of smiling I never said I'm sorry but I should
Got to turn on the mic. <laughs> yeah, that's what's good. That is a dancing on tables. And we got the one and only Robbie with us right now. That is their music video. So what? And you can check it out on their debut LP, Color in the Gray, out now wherever you listen to music. And, uh, you know, this is Strike a Chord, you know, where we interview bands from all across the globe. And Robbie, for Color in the Gray, uh, did you record the majority of the new material in Nashville or was it a mix of both? Um, so we, it was a mix of both, to be honest, because we, we've been going over to Nashville maybe like two or three times a year for probably about two or three years, actually. And when we've been over, we've been writing, recording. But then when it came to doing the actual album, there was a couple of tracks that we'd done already. Um, but then over in Nashville and then we, for the rest of them, we just kind of locked ourselves away 10 days. Our producer actually FaceTimed in or Zoomed in every morning. I don't know, it was like. 3 a.m. her time, she'd log on. I think her husband hated her by the end. She just, <laughs> just forgot that it was so early and be like, right, try the drums like this. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, right, right, all. right. So that's kind of fascinating. So you guys already written, you know, uh, music and then you brought some of it to Nashville. So what are you saying? Are you Did you guys remastered some of the old material? A, cu- a couple of the old songs... Yeah, basically, we just kind of retouched the recordings and kind of based the rest of the album around what we already had and and made it all kind of one big sound. But yeah, it was like like 80% here in Scotland and then 20% Nashville. Nice, because I know, uh, Robbie, it's my understanding that before you guys linked up with Green Day's longtime manager, the band didn't have enough money to send both you and Calvin to record <laughs> vocals together. I mean, how does that work? Because I know uh, bands like my uh, my favorite entourage, Slipknot, you know, were recently bitching about their recent release because of the pandemic, kind of similar to what you guys were going with. And I know Jim Root, the guitarist, was stressing that, you know, it's the importance of recording an album together. So if you had the opportunity to do this again, would you make it work it out? Or would you much prefer to get everybody inside the studio for the second LP? So but by, the, by the time the album came, Callum and I, we were together, which was good. It was right at the start when we were first going, we had to kind of pick, right, okay, it's your turn, right, it's my turn um, to go over. But then we, uh, it wasn't actually until January just there where we finally got to go as a full band, um, which was, yeah, the, the, the big cost as well. But no, we, we, we've got a good system, I think, with me and Cal kind of, Right was it worth it though i think that's the the thing i guess i'm getting across because you know a lot of times you know americans i don't think they quite understand how much uh nashville has become the mecca of the music industry and to see that a scotland band like mm-hmm. yourself dancing on tables felt like it was necessary in your point in your career to make the long trek across the pond to go to nashville uh does that speak any kind of importance of today yeah, I mean, I think obviously, like, I don't know about America, but over here, you know, everybody thinks Nashville thinks country, but it's just becoming same the hub here. of everything. It's, it's yeah. same here in America. They go, Nashville, it's just country, right? It's like, no, no, I mean, you're hard. coming from Scotland, a population of six million people in your country, and then you find, you know, and recognize the importance of Nashville not just being about country. It literally is becoming the Mecca. I think that is totally fascinating. And uh, what are some of those benefits that you received when you showed up to the States? Well, I think it's like for people like us, as you say, Scotland's so small, like the UK is still so small in, in comparison. So there's only so much you can do. There's only so much space. There's only so many bands that are going to get, you know, 
get places. We're like, why, why wait with all these people when we can go be the only Scottish band probably in Nashville and take in all these amazing influences and meet all these amazing people. So I like that mindset. Yeah, we're like, why, why wait for it to come to us? We're going to go to it. Like, I have, I have a question to ask you. When you're in yeah. Nashville, did any people find out you're Scottish? Um, did anybody ever say like they're, uh, oh, I'm also part Scottish and my did you bring the kill? is Braveheart. My ancestor is Braveheart. <laughs> did you hear that a lot? Because I am an ancestor from Braveheart, supposedly. <laughs> And I hear every everybody's like, I'm Scottish and Braveheart's my ancestor. And I was like, oh, hey, mine too. Yeah. <laughs> everybody has an auntie or an ancestor <laughs> or the cousin's dog who's lived in Scotland. That's true. <laughs> oh, that is so for funny. For such a small place as well. You just so many Scottish. I'm telling you, I'm, we're, we are probably cousins, Robbie, somewhere down yeah, the line. Yeah, probably. <laughs> With all these six million people in the country, we're probably cousins, Robbie. <laughs> but let's switch gears because i'm aware uh robbie you won bbc's uk quiz show pointless so i need to know how do i get back to her For yeah pointless was <laughs> an amazing experience i like the link by the way i like the link <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah that was a it's this like classic like tea time uk tv show and i applied as a friend as a laugh one night forgot all about it and we were actually in the studio and I got this phone call, came back through. I was like, guys, I've been invited onto a t- TV show on the BBC. Nobody believed me until I posted the photo in the studio. <laughs> and you actually won. That's pretty impressive. But well, see, I was trying... And you wanted that. Oh, see, I did not know what, that. What, what type of a TV show is it, real, real quickly? So basically, you have to give... Instead of getting the right answer, you have to give an answer that nobody else out of 100 people that they asked guessed. Oh my so God, trying, I'd be so good at that. Rated. I would be so good at that. No, I was on a talk show on a, a game show and I was so horrible because I gave out the weirdest answer. Yeah, we don't need to hear about your tenure and <laughs> oh your game God, show debacle all over again. Yeah, I want to be on that, that, that. That talk show is for me. I love it. Well, I was yeah, trying to make a pun and pun together because I understand that you are the wizard in the quiz game world. But, you know, I'm trying to, you know, trying to make a correlation because you guys do have a music video called How Do I Get Back to Her? So, that is the quiz trivial question, Robbie. How do I get back to her? <laughs> that was a, I mean, the, the video for itself, when basically, as we said, when we had 100 songs, got back to them. So when we finally got the, the singles that we wanted on the album, it was like, right, what's going to be the intro? And the intro to how do I get back to her feel just like hits you in the face. So we're like, right, that has to be it. Um, yeah, the, I, I the track definitely hits you in the face, Robbie. But, you know, I was kind of thinking about the song. I thought it was kind of a, a interesting choice for the intro to the album because I, I could be wrong. I mean, you tell me, but I, I kind of view you as the main vocalist in Dancing on Table. So when you have Calvin uh, introduce the album with him singing first and then we eventually get a lot of you singing throughout the record, I thought that was kind of a uh a fascinating choice uh you know was that is that on purpose or are we going to start to see more of you guys kind of take the role of being vocalists together when it comes to more future records with dancing on tables yeah i think um especially going into that album we maybe weren't as sure as how we wanted to do it and it was a lot more kind of splitting up the songs but in this new stuff that we're doing now it's yeah basically we're just singing top of each other all the time i i thought as an intro to the album 
because the first line is I've been trying to figure out how it all went wrong. You've been telling me to write it in a song. I thought as like musicians who just have family members who are fed up and talking about music all the time. It was, uh, it was a lovely line. <laughs> no, I do too, man. It is such a catchy track. I love what you guys are doing. I feel like you guys uh, mix up the genre a, a, a whole lot that I think a lot of up and coming bands, they need to look at you guys because your debut LP, Color in the Gray, is a remarkable record. And let's go ahead and show that intro track right now on Strike Accord. This is Dancing on Tables music video. How do I get back to her? Live on the Chris Collins Show, Millennial Talk Show. I've been trying to figure out where it all went wrong. You've been telling me to write it in a song. I've seen life without you being in the picture. So please take me back. I can't come any quicker. How did we end up in this disaster? When did you take the wheel and leave me stranded? I have been slept in weeks, too busy thinking About every stage she speaks and I'm sad Don't be the type that thinks they're always right You told me when you got up and left my life Now time's passed, but no matter what I just can't move on I'm lost in a race of thought Get back to her. 
Yeah, that's what's good. That is Dancing on Tables music video. How do I get back to her? And Robbie, we can't thank you enough for joining Strike Accord, where we interview amazing artists like yourself all across the globe. And for anybody who is wanting to keep in the loop with Dancing on Tables, where can we follow you on social media? We're on just all the usual things. Just search Dancing Tables. You'll find us in everything. Instagram and Facebook, a bit more professional. TikTok's a bit a bit sillier. So it depends what kind of content you're after. Yeah, and go download the record now. And you, you wouldn't be doing it right if you weren't dancing on a table. I just recommend doing that. But hey, Robbie, you have been so amazing, my friend. And hopefully we can chat in the new year and much success uh, moving forward, my man. Yes, thank you. Thank you, you so much. No, thank you. It's been great fun, guys. Thank you. Absolutely, brother. And for everybody that is tuning in right now on the Chris Collins Show Millennial Talk Show, stick around because we got so much left right now. That's right, fam. And that is what's good. And we want to uh, thank everybody who's been joining us on YouTube Live because it wasn't for you, the CCS family. This show wouldn't be possible. And we want to give another huge shout out again to Robbie from Dancing on Tables. Go ahead and check out his debut LP, Color in the Gray. It's out now. Variety Magazine's already saying that they're the top 10 Brits to watch. So keep a lookout. Follow them on social media. And maybe in 2023, they might make their way into the states but we also want to let you guys know that off the fret more music more music talk podcast with la pop rockers poe the passenger will be dropping next friday it's all for good reason i know i promised last friday's show that it was going to be dropping today that's not the case we got extra material from the band and it's going to enhance the visual experience and i can't wait to share that with you guys and also we want to uh give you guys a guest announcement news Joining us next Friday is director Zach Cope to discuss his horror film, kind of surrounded around the presence of social media. And it's produced by the creator of the Final Destination franchise. So that's going to be really exciting uh, to discuss next Friday and follow us on social media by following our handle at Chris Collins Show for more updates on guest announcements, new interviews, and so much more. And if you like what you're listening to, Go to the thechriscollinshow.com and become a member today and get that free CCS t-shirt. For now, Marissa and I want to let you guys know, enjoy the weekend, fam. Peace! What's good, party people? Chris Collins Show presents Music Storm 2022, hosted by Chris Collins and Marissa Pitts, featuring Royals. There's got to be a Hurricane Highway, Cannibal Kids, Amanda Cooksey, Astoria State, Kid Dad, Resounding, Sleep Cycles, Freckles Weather Warn Just True Sophia Marie 
Music Store 2022. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Our brand new podcast off the fret. I love it. It's more time to chat. <laughs> Hello. You look so jazzy. I love your outfit. How far would you go to start playing live music again? This slaps harder than my ex when she got her stimulus check. So, um, (laughs) so, um, are you here to bring the sexual healing with your music? Everything is everything, and I guarantee you're going to hear this song in the future. I love the flow, man. Politically charged album. So, if you get easily offended, this might not be the album for you. Brand new podcast off the fret. So excited. Um, has Kim Kardashian accidentally sent you a coochie shot? Do you want to stay there? It's completely your choice. Or you want to... <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. And you know what I love? Off the fret. More music, more music talk. Peace. What's good? It's Chris from the Chris Collins Show Millennial Talk Show featuring alternative pop rock band Poe the Passenger amassing over 1 million streams with their debut LP Alenia joins off the fret. More music, more music talk.